June 19th, 2023, we're continuing in Masechet Beza, we're on the if you count up from the bottom of the Amud, it's three lines up, says the Gemara, Iba'aya lehu, the second word's on the line, Iba'aya lehu, they had a question, there was a question that was raised in the Midrash, Mahu le'ashin, what's the halakha with regards to, well the word ashan means smoke, and in this context, as Rashi explains to us, as we read last week, it's a reference to using smoke and uh, really coals, which uh, you place on top of them, uh, incense, so that the smoke rises up and gives <coughs> pleasant smell to fruits. Is that permitted to do on Yom Tov or not? So as the Gemara, Rav Yirmiyah bar Abba Amar Rav Asur, Ushmuel Amar Mutar. We'll move backwards. Why should it be Mutar? The reason it should be Mutar is I'm allowed to do Melacha on Yom Tov if it's for Sorech or Chilnefesh, if it's for preparing food. Over here, it's fruits and nuts and things of that sort. I'm trying to make them smell good. I'm doing maybe a melacha. We'll discuss which melacha in a moment. In such a circumstance, it's permitted. It's mutar. You're allowed to do it for melechet ochil nefesh. The first opinion, however, Rav, who's oser, who says it's not permitted, his reasoning, Rashi explains for us, is because this isn't a davar hashave lechol nefesh. If you recall, thank you. The Gemara in Masechet Ketubot and Davzain has a derasha. The Pasuk says, Achashe What's permitted to do as melachan yom tov for the production of food if it's to be eaten lechol nefesh? If any person and every person would consume, would eat this food, well, that's what you're allowed to do on yom tov. If it's something that's just for the words of Rashi earlier in the Amud, the mefunakim, those who are more spoiled, those who are a little bit more pampered in life, that's not lechol nefesh, and as a result. This circumstance as well, pleasant smelling fruits is a delicacy, it's a higher level living which wealthy people would only have. It's for that reason that Rav, although he of course admits to the Pasuk in the Torah that Melechet Och Nefesh is Mutar, says that Le'ashen et HaPerot is Asur. How does Shemuel respond to that? This isn't something that everyone does, it's only the wealthy people, the upperclassmen. They're the people who are smoking and making good smelling fruits. Now the explanation, as Rashi set forth for us, is although the poor people might not do it, it's only because they lack the means to do it. It's not that they wouldn't and don't appreciate it, it's that they're just not able to do it. The example he gives is the Gemara in Masechet Ketubot and Davzain. The Gemara over there makes clear, implicitly, that uh, lower classmen wouldn't be eating deer. What would happen if a deer happened to stumbled into your yard on Yom Tov and you're a poor person? Of course, in such a circumstance, you're allowed to slaughter. No, 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 but it's not the food that, but it's in your property right now. It fell into your, into your hands. You'd very much enjoy it. When it comes to good sm- smelling foods, the suggestion in turn of Shemuel is, although it's not eaten per se and not produced per se on a regular basis by the lower, pe- lower class people, it's only because they lack the means. That's the mahluk. It says the Gemara, let's flesh this out a little bit more. What melacha are we referring to? You said that there's something prohibited. What's the prohibition with regards to having coals, putting incense on them and letting the incense, the smoke, rise into the fruit? Ravuna amar asur mipene shemechabe. The statement of Ravuna is the reason it's asur is because you do kibui. Kibui means to 
extinguish, to put out a flame. Says the Gemara, when you put, I understand this, Rav Huna, when you place the incense onto the coals, you'll be extinguishing them, at the very least partially. You might be extinguishing, but in turn, what are the reason you're putting them on is so that the coals spark something within the incense. So you're furthermore, what's that? It's a good question, but at this point we're talking about a davar she'eno shavei lechol nefesh. Meat is shavei lechol nefesh, right? The yeah, point. But again, the point over here is that you're talking. It's a melacha, no question. If it's melechet ochen nefesh, it's mutar. Meat is melechet ochen nefesh. Eishun perot. Our argument is whether it's permitted or not. That's the point. So says the Gemara. Why didn't you say Amar leRav Nachman veNeimah Mor mePeneshim Avair? Why didn't you say it's because you're uh, kindling a light? It's because you're uh, bringing forth fire. It's because you're sparking within the uh, incense. Uh, well, fiery essence, and as a result, that's a melacha, certainly. Melechet hava'ara. Why do you only say kibuy? Amar le, says, that's in fact what I meant, says the Gemara for Ravuna, Ravuna, in response. Tehilaton mechabeh ve'sofor mav'ir. In truth, it's, you're right. That's exactly what I meant. Initially, when you put the incense onto the coals, you extinguish the coals a bit. That's your first melacha. I mentioned just the first. Everybody understands that that leads into hava'ara, uh, that leads into the incense being lit up. You have two melachot which are being uh, effectuated through such an action. Ravuna as a result as a tasur. That's a good question, but the Gemara over here is, is, is the only reason it's going to be okay is if, if it's for a purposeful reason. It should be melechet hava'ara. See, the pre-existing flame is that I'm not doing what's called molid ish, and you banana on yom tov. But taking fire and spreading fire is not just heke mutar. You can't do that on Shabbat. You could do it on yom tov because it's hava'ara, which is mutar on yom tov. Like but it's, it's not fiery, it's not lit up. The havara is the isur. Yeah, but even this incense, if I don't light it, it's possibly going to smell out of like I wrote. The isur is not molidreah. That's not the isur we're talking about. That's coming up in the Gemara. At this point, it's melechet havara. It's nothing to do per se with the smell. It has to do that you lit up the incense. Lighting up the incense is a melechet. Yeah. If we argue that cigarettes are davar so then it's permitted on Yom Tov, just like with me, just like with taking from one flame to the next. Over here, the whole point is it's not permitted. If it's not permitted, so then you have the melacha. Because since smoking fruits, poor people would not be doing, it's not melacha, it's not a davar that's what prohibits it. The derasha, the reading of the pasuk that the rabbis have in Ketubot and Davzayin is Acha she'yachil lechol nefesh. Kol nefesh means all souls. If not all souls do this, you might say to me in today's day and age, I don't know the prices, and well, never really did of cigarettes. Maybe you say it's higher price and lower lower class. Well, we'd have to debate that. We'd have to think about that whether that's the reality. But that's really what's taking place over here. So each one of your questions are true and correct. But it's just, it's permitted over there. These are melachot, even on Yom Tov. It's just permitted in some circumstances. The count, that's correct. The counter argument of Shimuel is, although, royalty is a bit much, although higher classmen are the only ones who do that, it's only because they're the ones who have the means to it. It's not that everyone doesn't appreciate. That's a very important distinction with regards to davar hashaveh lechonefesh. Is it just that I don't have access to it? 
I don't even appreciate it. That seems to be the Mahloket Rav and Shemuel. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, Al Gabe Gahelet Asur, Al Gabe Heres Mutar. He distinguishes between if what you're doing is, is bringing the flame from a gahelet, which means a coal, that's the prohibition, that's what we talked about a moment ago, several opinions who said that's prohibited. Even according to the osrim, even according to those who say it's asur, if it's al-gabeheres, if it's coming from earthenware or clay, that would be mutar. One second, let me understand this again, I have clay and I have the incense inside of it, and then I took a pre-existing flame, and I lit it into the earthenware, on, underneath the earthenware, the clay item, which in turn struck up the incense on top of it. Wow, one second. Kibui, I don't have. Nothing was extinguished. There were no coals over here to extinguish. Uh, but I am lighting something. There is havara. there is uh, bringing forth fire into the incense. Where'd that go to, Rashi? Al gabeheres shehisiko, which you lit on fire, mutar de kibui leka. Period. Okay. First and foremost, there's no kibui, there's no extinguishing. What about the bringing forth fire? What about the spreading of the fire? The havara name al yedesh shinuihi kel aharyad veleka isura de oraita. Rashi's suggestion over here is this is not a regular way of lighting. You don't regularly take clay, light fire underneath it in order to get into your incense. You want to light your incense, you put it on coals, you put it on top of fire. Over here that you're doing aharyad in a roundabout, indirect fashion, it bumps it down to only an isur dirbanan, rabbinic violation, and in turn, in a circumstance where we're debating, where we're dealing with, and ultimately speaking, the issue is food for consumption, the suggestion of this opinion of Rav Yehuda is it's permitted. That's how he learns this again. No kibui, because it's not gahelet, and it's only havara kil aharyad, it's only a roundabout burning, a roundabout fire that permits it, that only prohibits it midrabanan, makomo chanefesh it's mutar. Tosafot. No, no one's, because you're not, again, the, the, the issue we had earlier was that you have a melacha. The argument over here is you don't start with the melacha. We're not getting into the upper or lower classmen. We're assuming it's only for the upper classmen, and that could pose a problem. Over here, there's no extinguishing, okay, because you're going into clay, and even the kindling is roundabout, it's only rabbinically prohibited, so yes, it might only be for upperclassmen. Yes, there's a question about this, but ultimately speaking, I want to put this food in my mouth. His understanding is the rabbi's permitted in such a circumstance. Tosafot has a different angle on this. You have to just be introduced to a concept that comes up in Talmud in many places, and that is the pasuk at the beginning of Parashat Vayakel has a reference to one of the 39 you see the Torah has Moshe gathering the people, it's at the time of the construction of the Mishkan, and he's teaching them the Isu Melacha on Shabbat, you're not allowed to do uh, purposeful work on Shabbat. And amidst his conversation, which is very brief and just to the point in terms of not doing any Melacha, he says, and, lo esh Hashabbat, don't kindle any fires in your homes on Shabbat. Why do you talk about Havara? There are 38 other Melachot, what about Bishul, and so forth. Why do you only talk about there are two opinions throughout Talmud with regards to why he just mentioned those two. One of the opinions is Havara lehalek yasat. The other one is Havara lelav yasat. 
Let me briefly explain each of them. The first, which is insignificant for us right now, but is lehalek yasat, which means to say, havara is just a paradigm. It could have been any of the other 38. Just one was teased out to tell you the following halakha. What if I make a mistake on Shabbat? I forgot it was Shabbat. I forgot the halachot of Shabbat, whatever the circumstances. And I did many melachot all at once, one after the other, without realizing that I'm doing a violation. Now, I have to bring a korban. It's called the korban. Hatat. How many korban hatat? I did six melachot. Maybe you say just one. Well, that's why the Torah separates and says, Lo esh Understand, each one of these has their own name. Each one is separate. Oh, one second. I completely forgot today was Shabbat. All right, let's see. One, two, three. Ah, you have ten korbanot. As a financial burden. No, that's the halakha, according to such an opinion. Havara lehalek means to separate and to distinguish, yasat. And as a result, if you do many melachot bishogeg, beheilem ehad, yahayav al kolahat vehat, again, a korban hatat. It's going to be very costly. You're not going to be liable for death penalty. You only die once if you did it bemezid, but that's the halakha. The other opinion is havara lelav yasat, for one reason or another, not to be addressed right now, but havara, this melachav, kindling a fire, is on a lower scale, lower grade level than the other 38 melachot, according to that opinion. It's as, well, hang tight, Tosafot doesn't have this as Shinui. Um, so, Havara lelav yasat means whereas the other 38, you're liable to skila, you get put to death by uh, being pelted with stones. When it comes to Havara, ironically, in today's day and age, it's probably the biggest stumbling block for people. For one reason or another, we're not posek so don't, don't go to the bank with this one, but it's on a lower level, it's only a lav. Now, only a lav is still asu from the Torah, but it's not liable with death penalty, it's liable with lashes, says Tosafot. I thought this opinion, Rav Yehuda and our Gemara, they cite from Talmud Yerushalmi, maybe to support this, is of the opinion, Hav'ara lelav yasat. Hav'ara was already bumped down a level. As a result, in our Gemara, keep in mind, you have the clay, earthenware item. You're kindling underneath. You're not extinguishing anything. And what are you doing at most? Hav'ara. So Rashi said, it's kelahayad. It's roundabout. It says, that's not roundabout. People light fires in such a fashion. However, it's a lighter melacha, and the hachamim in such such a circumstance, when Makom Nefesh determined, says Rav Yehuda that it's permitted. All right, either way you slice it, ultimately speaking, Rav Yehuda's statement is clear. He says, if you were to light these incense in order to put them into my fruits, it's uh, permitted if it's through heres, it's prohibited, it's asur, if it's through gahelet. The Rabbah Amar, Rabbah disagrees with Rav Yehuda. He says, al heres name asur. Even if you're using earthenware, even if you're using clay, again, here's the clay. Underneath it, I lit the fire. On top of it, I have my fruits. But in between the, the clay and my fruits, I have this uh, incense. And I'm like, that's Asur as well. Why is that Asur? You just made the argument. Uh, there's no kibui, that I know. Havara, either Rashi or Tosafot, either way you go. But ultimately speaking, it should be mutar. The mishum, the kamolid reha, the famous enigmatic words of Kamolid reha, working backwards, reha, reah means smell, odor. Molid, well, we know our wives were molid, our mothers were molid, gave birth. It births a smell. Well, I checked the 39 melachot, I checked the Mishnah, Dafa'in Gimal Masechet Shabbat. It says nothing about birthing smells. What does it mean to birth a smell? Rashi, the Kamolid reha, Rashi, two lines from the top. Shenichnas baheres, we'll come back to those words at some point. Shehamolid davar hadash, karobhu 
hadasha. Several important words in Rashi. Midrabanan, also that word we see. Very clearly, this is not a biblical violation, it's a rabbinic violation. What does it mean that you're birthing a smell? If Rashi interprets it as you're birthing a smell into the earthenware. Interestingly, uh, interestingly, this is how he describes it. So I had my earthenware, my clay item, and I had my incense on top of it. Now I kindle the fire underneath. The smell, instead of Rashi saying going into the fruit was the problem, Rashi says the smell was that it went into the clay for one reason or another, again, which we'll return to. What is the nature of this rabbinic violation? It's shahamoli davar hadash karobhu hadasha. It's close to, it appears wrong in the eyes of the rabbis because they say, look at what you're doing. You're doing something constructive. You're bringing about something new. This is the melacha called molid reah. Now there is, we won't address it right now, there is, a, there is issues elsewhere of different types of Holadav, birthing forth. We mentioned one earlier in the class, Molid Esh. That one we'll learn about later in our Masechet, not too long from now. Um, but uh, there's other types of Molid that are questionable, and the uh, poskim have questions about them. Not to be addressed right now, but this is the one we have in our sugya, Molid Reach, and Isumid Rabbanan of bringing forth a smell. We have to flesh this one out. Says the Gemara. Rab- Exactly. And according to Rashi's explanation, the other opinion that said it's mutar was... Rav Yehuda. Yehuda says it's mutar because he's going to say that the Kli Cheres is not the one that's getting stimulated. I don't know if that's the reason. So, okay, he might point. dispute. He might dispute the whole entity, the whole concept of Molidrea. Yeah, he doesn't even know of it. Very possibly. Okay. Uh, says the Gemara, Rabav Rav Yosef Damre Tarvayu. Sahufe kasa ashirae biomataba asur. Sahufe kasa, kasa means a cup literally, sahufe means to turn over, and it's a cup filled with perfume or good smelling something, substance, and you turn it onto your shirae, that's a silk garment. Why would you do so? Well, everybody would want to do so. Women, perfume, men, maybe a cologne of some sort. You want to put it onto your garment, onto your silk, or any other garment, on Yom Tob, Asur. Why is that prohibited? Because by so doing, you are birthing a smell. That's a very important statement. It means that this concept of molid reah is in Isur Midrabbanan, applicable on Yom Tov and Kol Shekin, certainly on Shabbat, you're not allowed to bring forth smell. Does that mean you could, can't put on deodorant? Uh, we'll, we'll finish this sugya before Shabbat, so we'll be all right. Does this, uh, who said skin's different? Does it, uh, we have lots of questions we need to address. Does it mean you can't put on cologne or perfume? We'll address, I don't know, I, what's that? Not on your clothing. The clothing is clear. That's in our sugya. Why is skin different? Is skin different? Of course, we'll, we'll make such an argument. I mean, you know, not, maybe not of course. Maybe we've all been doing it wrong, but we will. Okay, says Gemara again. Asks the Gemara, why is this different than that which is uh, taught uh, later on in our Masechet? What's that? Mimolelo umeriachbo vekotmo umeriachbo. I see later on the Gemara will have, the Mishnah will have the following case, or Beraita, it'll have the following. There's something, as Rashi already writes over here, it's Talush. So you have like a Hadas of some sort, which is cut off. 
And so it's cut off. You're not detaching it from its growth place on Shabbat, on Yom Tov. You just have it. And then you want to smell from it. What you're allowed to do is molelo. You're allowed to smooth it in between your fingers in order to bring forth the smell. You're furthermore allowed to crack off the top in order to then smell from there. Oh, wait a second, aren't you molid reach over there? In that circumstance, the hadas, oh, the reason you smoothed it in your hands is because it didn't have that smell. The reason you snapped off the top was because it didn't have the smell as well. And explicitly, the beraita says it's permitted. It says the Gemara again, umay shena, why is this different? How is this different? Mimolelo umeriachbo, you can smooth it in your hands in order to smell it. Kotmo umeriachbo, likewise, you can snap the top in order to smell. Answers the Gemara hatam over there, reha miha ita, the smell, the odor is. What does it mean it is? It's there. It's present. You didn't create it. You didn't bring forth the smell in the hadas. Ve'osufehu dekamosif. You're only adding on to it. Now, again, it's not so much that you're adding on to, um, I put in cologne before Shabbat on my clothing. It's not that I can now add to that. The idea is that odor is already inside. You're only bringing it forth. In the words of Jared, you're enhancing it. Ha-ha, over here, oludehu dekamolid. You're completely and fully bringing forth something external that wasn't there and birthing it, so to speak, dekamolid reha. You're birthing that smell itself. Uh, that's what you have here in the sugya. Says the Gemara, a bit onward, Rava Amar al Wow. Rava goes to the opposite extreme. So we started the sugya today and we had Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda distinguished between uh, on uh, uh, coal, prohibited, on heres, on clay, earthenware, permitted. We had the next opinion, Rabbah, who says, even earthenware is asur. Now we go in the opposite, uh, lenient approach, Rava Amar al Gabegahelet Namemuta. He says, onto the coal is as well permitted. Well, what do you mean? You extinguish, you kindle and house it, Mutaka. Wait, what's the difference between this and the other case, according to Rabbah? This is, this is actual incense, and what's the other case? What's in the Kaycheres? Incense. Same thing. Wait, we're talking about the exact same case. Again, so either. One of them is Asur, one of them is Mutar. Rabba, the top of the pe- top of the amut. Rab, no, the two, two, that's that's what's throwing you off. Rabba with the hair, Rabba with an aleph. Two separate opinions. So this Rabba is fully lenient. He's talking about the same case, but it's a different opinion. Agabegahelet na memuta. On the coal as well is permitted. Which should be bad because it's kibuy and havara. Should be kibuy and havara. Listen to his words again. Name means as well. It sounds as if by kleheres, he's not even nervous about molid reach as well. So we might have another opinion who disputes the concept of molid reach, right? That's a, anyway, why does he permit so much so? Why is he so lenient that even on gahelet, even on the kol, it's permitted? Mideh dehava abisra agumre. It's similar to, or it's identical in his eyes, taking a, a piece of meat and putting it onto the coals. What's he articulating? What he's articulating is back to the opinions we had earlier. Nothing we didn't know earlier. We knew Shimuel's opinion earlier. Shimuel was two lines from the bottom on Dafkaf Bet Amud Bet. According to Shimuel, that's the whole issue we're addressing over here. According to Rav, it's not Shavei Lechol Nefesh. According to Shimuel, it's Shavei Lechol Nefesh. How do you argue it's Shavei Lechol Nefesh? Everyone would have it. The poor people don't do this sort of thing? The answer is they would. And that's the dispute, ultimately speaking, with regards to this matter. Uh, maybe before finishing the sugya and the Gemara, we'll pause for a moment in order to take a look at this Teshubah from Chacham Ovadia Yosef. Chacham Ovadia Yosef here in Yehave 
Dat, Chelek Aleph and Siman Lamed Aleph, I see, because the Gemara for all intents and purposes is finished. It'll just finish it up, wrap it up with a few more lines afterwards. But he has the following question. Ha'im mutar latet me bosem b'shabbat o b'yom to b'yadayim o b'panim or yesh le'esor mishum molid reha. Are you allowed to put onto your hand, onto your face, something that's pleasant smelling? It starts with the Teshubah. Bagimara masechet besa. Rabav Rav Yosef damre tarvayu sahufe kasa ashira ebiyom ataba asur. He cites from our Gemara. The Gemara has two opinions, several opinions. My ta'ama mishum tika molid reha. He cites from Rashi. Two lines from the bottom over here. It says v'chen pasa karama bahaga. It says so to Rabbi Moshe Yisrael to the Ashkenazim. Right? Shasu lo holid reh ba begadim al yedek kos mevusam. You're not allowed to. That's right. Into your clothing, at the very least, uh, put put an odor. You're not allowed to add a smell. Ulam, however, importantly, harif veharambam veharosh hishmitu alachazo. The whole concept, the whole entity, the whole idea known as molid reah, which is prohibited, is left out of the three top poske halacha for our purposes. Who's that? Rif, Rosh, and Harambam have no mention of our whole sugya. Anything, not clothing, not food, not skin, none of that's mentioned. Ve'katav Rabbeinu Haggaon b'chayim ben Atar. That's the Orha Hayim Hakadosh. Besefer Rishon Lesion Mechidushav Lebetzah. Shehem Sovrim Shein Halacha Kerabav Rav Yosef Bezeh. They equate. They say, listen, Rabban Rav Yosef were the opinions who said you can't put the smell onto your silk clothing. Why would they maintain differently? Mipene Shirava. Because Rava, we just saw his opinion in our Gemara, who said that even onto the coals, which means certainly into the earthenware, are holik. It means that according to the Gedolei HaPoskim, there's a mahloket implicitly in our Gemara. Our Gemara never pitted them up against each other and said, well, these say that you're not allowed to bird the smell. The other one said, you're allowed. No, the Gemara never said that. It was in a conversation about extinguishing and kindling, whatever. And he brought this up, and if you read between the lines, Rav Asher will be at the end of the sugya. Read between the lines, says Rabbi Chaim ben Atar in his Rishon Lesion. There's a Mahloket Ha'emoraim, Mahloket of the opinions in the Gemara, and the great Poskim or Posek, Lekula, like those opinions. What about Shohan Aruch? Few lines down here, first word in line. Ulam Maran Abet Yosef, Hevila Halacha, Divre Rabbav Rav Yosef, Hanam. Ultimately speaking, however, Shohan Aruch is posek lehachmir. He's stringent on this matter, which means to say you're not allowed to, at the very least for our purposes right now, spray into your clothes, bring any odor onto something of substance. Or why should we distinguish between your skin and your clothing? Well, that's the next paragraph. In the next paragraph, he mentions the following. He says that taz, it'd be David Segel, again Abraham, two of the major commentators on Shohan Aruch and Siman Tavkov Yod Aleph, talk about the following situation. They say that Kohanim, our Kohanim, I think still on Kippur do this, used to take rose water and mix it with water in order to clean their hands with it before doing Berkat Kohanim. Are you allowed to mix the rose water with water? Taz and Magen Abraham say, absolutely not, Molid Reah. Now that, however, is a matter of dispute. What's that? Take rose water, mix it into water. Water has no smell, rose water has smell. Now it has a smell. In such a circumstance, it's asur. Well, even the mixing is asur, according to them. Hacham Sivi, however, this book, Bitzvi Ashkenazi. Rabbi Sivi Ashkenazi was a rabbi who lived late 17th 
early 18th century, and a very important posek halacha, he disputes the whole matter. He has many proofs against this, and ultimately speaking, I'm going to read to you the key line. We'll read one of the proofs later on in our Masechet, but the key line goes as follows. Kevan she'ochachnu she'al kol panim mutar lasuch hayadayim b'shemen arev, he says, once I told you you're allowed to smooth your hands with pleasant smelling items. I would tell you furthermore, you're allowed to even mix the water with rose water. Why so? He says, why are you allowed to, on Yom Tov, add, or even on Shabbat, why are you allowed to add uh, spices to your food? Now the food has a different smell. It's molid reach. Shouldn't that be any source? Says, hacham sevi, here's how go. Shema'amina, we can derive from this. The only time we say it's prohibited, molid reach, b'davar she'eno ochel, and by extension, certainly not your body. It's only when it's a substance, separate from your body, separate from food or drink. What's the logic in this? The logic in this is it's the rabbi's prohibition. The rabbis only made this prohibition, we can deduce from the many examples in the Gemara, where the restriction applied and where it didn't apply. And as a result, his argument is it only applies with regards to items which lie separate from your body and items which are not food or drink. Why would the rabbis de- de- decide to decree in such a fashion? I mean, think about it. When you put smell onto your body, nobody say you smell. You, you, you're going to sweat it off a little bit later. It's even the, the argument that's used by many. And as a result, that's not something. I know you could wash the garment as well, but nobody looks at it and says, uh, you put on deodorant, you have to reapply a few hours later, according to many. Uh, uh, many people would need to. As a result, there's no issue with regards to the body. There's no issue either with regards to foods it says I bring you what's that it's the same point it's your body it's, it's your body right uh, I bring you back to Rashi that we had at the beginning Rashi Rashi two lines from the top Rashi says why does Rashi say that the smell went into the clay why didn't Rashi say it went into the fruits argue Sha'ar HaMelech and some others that the only issue over here is the clay, the earthenware. If it was the food, well, there wouldn't be an issue. Now, that would be a proof against Tazem Magen Avram, be against the opinions who say you're not allowed to do with regards to food. And there's lots of debates and conversations that are longer and lengthier in Rashi about whether he really meant that or not, but that's a diktuk of Sha'ar HaMelech in Rashi. This is before Molid Reach, that Rashi. That Rashi is in Kibuy and Hava'arat. Before we saw the opinion of Rabbah, that's in Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda is only in Kibuy and Hava'arat. Rabbah is the one who says, even on Hayres et because of uh, Molid Reach, right? All right, let's just uh, finish the Gemara a little bit more. I don't know if we'll finish the full sugya. says the Gemara about the nine lines from the top, three words before the end line, Darash Rav Gaviha Mibe Katil. So an individual rabbi whose name was Rav Gaviha, maybe he was tall. Mibe Katil, maybe it was like a towel. Tawil means tall. Gaviha Gavoa means tall. Mibe Katil, the name of the place he came from. Apitad Beresh Galuta, on the opening, on the entrance of 
the Resh Galuta. Resh Galuta was the head exilarch. He was the community leader in many ways. And so sometimes they would have a derasha from his doorsteps to all the people assembled outside. What did he teach them? Katura Shari. Katura, the word kitor, means something that's entangled or knotted. Shari means mutar, it's permitted. Well, what's permitted? To make knots? or something else. And we have by Berit ben Abetarim, there's a reference to smoke as kitor as well. Because smoke kind of knots itself as it goes up into the air. So what's he referring to? Is he referring to smoking foods being permitted? Or is he referring to it's permitted, again, he's talking about Yom Tov ostensibly, is it permitted to knot things together? K-N-O-T. Which one? Amale amemar my katura. Amimar says, well, what is katura? What are you referring to? I katura if you're talking about actually nodding items with your hands, ma'ase umanhu, that's a craftsmanship, that's asur, you're not allowed to do that. Might be melechet merkeshira, vile'ashin, and maybe you're going to tell me it's because you're smoking, and that's what you were referring to, not an actual nodding, but creating a virtual knot. The smoke goes up, it looks like it's knotted together. If you ever watch smoke billowing up into the sky, it's almost knotted together, it's all entangled. That's what you meant? Asur Why should that be permitted? You're extinguishing by putting the incense onto the coals. Amar le Ravashe le Olam le Ashen mide de Hava Abisra Agumre Ravashe responded. It's uh, what he really referred to as le Ashen, meaning smoking the pleasant smells, the incense into the fruit, and it's permitted. That's the opinion of Ravashe we were mentioning earlier. Ravashe seems to be not disturbed. He's not distinguishing between coals and earthenware. He's permitting in all circumstances. His opinion as well is it's mutar under all circumstances. Midid de hava. It's similar to the meat which is put onto coals. Why is meat onto coals? Over here, why would you be osir? What was the opinion that was osir at the beginning of our sugya? It's not melach. It's not davar hashavelechol nefesh. That's the debate that continues throughout. Ikad amre. Lastly, says the Gemara. Yesh she'omrim. There's a different version as to specifically what took place on this occasion. Amale amemar, amemar questioned my katura. So that's the same version. Rav Gaviyah said katura nats are muta. Says Amemar, which nats are you talking about? I katura biade. And same same version over here. Amemar said, are you talking about nodding with your hand? Maase umanhu. That's craftsmanship. It's asur. Ilashin. Maybe it's talking about smoking fruits. Asur. The kamolid recha. Amar Ravashe. Ravashe responded instead of Rav Gavia himself. Ravashe says. Oh, you heard what the rabbi said? Guess where the rabbi got that from? Ana amritani hale. I told that to Rav Gavia. What did you tell Rav Gavia? I told him katura share. Oh, really? Well, what did it mean? Umishimid gavra rabba amrita, says Ravashe, you should know. I told it to him in the name of a great rabbi. It doesn't tell us who. Le'olam, but I'll tell you what it meant. Le'olam le'ashin. It means to smoke up the incense into the fruit. And it's permitted because it's no different, at least in their eyes, than taking smoke and uh, uh, taking coals and placing meat on top of them, which extinguishes, but for the purpose of enjoyment on the holiday. Now, uh, we, have, we have several things we came out with. Number one, a concept known as which we understand is a debate how to define and how to be posek We have a very important halacha that came up as well in the middle. And that was this halakha of molid It's an isur drabbanan. We don't know how far to extend it. But we do know that we're applying it to clothing and to utensils. You're not allowed to finish them by giving them a pleasant smell. And lastly, along the way, we saw that Tosafot, who gave us a very important shas 
Talmud concept, and that is the fact that Hav'ara lo tevaru esh bechom Moshevot echem biyom Shabbat is singled out in Parashat Vayakil. We have two interpretations to it: either lechalek yasa to teach you laws about how each one of the melachot is on their own. You get many korbanot if you did them all beheilem had or for our purposes, says Tosafot Hav'ara lelav yasat. It's bumped down a level. That's why we explained that opinion at the top of the Amud. Rav Yehuda, whom Rashi explained, was bishinui the Havara, because it's going through the earth and where Tosafot says there's no Shinui, it's just a lower grade Melacha. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.